and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season four, episode four, Fear Itself. <sighs> do I have, <laughs> I don't think I have an, I'm like sitting here like, do I have announcements? I do not think I have announcements. It's, it's, nope. been, a, it's been a quiet few weeks on the Buffy front. Yeah, yeah. So that um, means we can just get into it. Yeah, we can just get into it because, whew, this is... It's a fun episode. It's not as fun as I thought I remembered it being, but it's still a fun episode. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's fun. It's a great 90s ho- uh, Halloween episode. We got a couple, ca- got a cami, got a uh, appearance by another person from the 90s. Yes, yes, we do. I was about to be like, did I remember? I was like, no, I do. I commented on that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, and I mean, we'll talk about it as we go through, but I think... I remembered this episode being not as much buildup. Yeah. So, like, when you're watching, you go back and you watch this episode, it's a lot of buildup for not a lot of delivery, which actually matches Xander's line at the end. Yeah, yeah. I, that, this is another one of those episodes, same thing, where I felt like that plot point lasted a lot longer than, it, it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me of Earshot. Yeah. Where you feel like the that whole thing was stretched out through the whole episode when really it was just a tiny bit at the end. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So Fear Itself aired October 26, 1999. And our synopsis is Buffy and the gang find themselves in a haunted house on Halloween when they go to a frat party that has an uninvited guest, a powerful fear demon. The evil traps the party goers inside and forces them to face their worst fears. Xander becomes invisible. Willow can't control her magic. Oz succumbs to his werewolf nature. And Buffy faces the people she couldn't save. Well, that's just flat out wrong. (laughs) Like, we were good till that last part. Yeah, yeah that's... And then they just were like, that That was not what happened at all. We gave up. <laughs> we, we gave up. We gave but, up. But anyway, what are our international titles? Our international titles for this week in Finnish is Fear the Whole Picture. Okay. French, The Demon of Halloween. Eh. German, The Demon of Fear. Straightforward. Hungarian, Fear Yourself, with an exclamation point at the end. Oh, I like that. Italian is the taste of terror. Oh, I like that too. But I also, I kept the, I kept the actual Italian in there because it looks, it, it's just so great. It's Il Sapore del Terror. Oh, so like again, that. that's another one that sounds like it could be a weird black and white Italian horror movie. Yes. So Japanese is another really good one. Fear Became a Reality. Okay. That could also be a good tagline for the episode. That could. That could. That is actually really good. Polish is in fear of myself, which that one was the Polish one was kind of funny because on the wiki, it didn't translate it. So it was just the original Polish. So I went and put it in Google Translate. So that's when it came back. That's kind of the theme of the the, the fears. So like they're not they're not wrong. Yep. Spanish from Latin America is just fears, and Spanish from Spain is terror. Okay. So we do get a previously on, mostly to remind us that Parker is a douche canoe. Fucking Parker. Xander and Anya had sex. 
And the campus has both vampires and military guys patrolling it. Then we're off to Xander's basement, where the gang is carving pumpkins. Xander's not exactly turning out how he envisioned. (laughs) He asks Buffy her opinion, and she quite sadly reflects on the life of a pumpkin. And I uh, was like, this whole conversation, I was reminded of that one plot what plot episode where Hallie kept trying to reflect emotions upon pumpkins. And it got very disturbing. That was, yeah, yeah, that was definitely... The same, the same energy. Yeah, definitely the same energy. Though, though Buffy's is a, a little less weird. <laughs> but according to Buffy, pumpkins live a happy life, growing up in the sun among their friends, until one day someone comes along, cuts them open, and pulls their guts out. <laughs> and I love the way that she's playing in the bowl of pumpkin guts while she's going through the whole thing. Oh, I will comment on that later because I was very disturbed by that in tandem with our like in not in tandem with like what happens basically immediately after Mm -hmm. we'll get there. But on that happy note, Xander gets up excited to show everyone what he has procured for their Halloween movie spectacular. He tells them to prepare to have their spines tingled and their gooses bumped because he got them. Fantasia! Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Oz says maybe it's all the things they've seen, but hippos and tutus? Not as frightening as they used to be. Phantasm. Xander explains that it was supposed to be Phantasm. Stupid video store, because (laughs) yes, yes, Xander is holding a VHS tape. Yes, he is. The days of going to Blockbuster or that was the one near Jackie's house, and picking out a movie to watch over the weekend. That was so much, that was, and I know we've, we talked about that before on here, but just the act of you're having a sleepover, the parents are taking you to Blockbuster, and you just go through and they can let you pick out whatever you want. Yep. I mean, our we watched Army of Darkness so many times at my one friend's house. And Vampire Hunter D was another one that we watched almost every time we went to my friend Andrea's house. And like, I like, I don't know why we were allowed to watch it, but Andrea's parents were a little more. And I just remember like all of us being down in her basement with popcorn and our snacks and it, like just picking out the movie was so much fun. And they get to, and the parents get to the point where they're like, "Okay, come on." If you think you had yes. cho- too many choices now, try yes. going to the video store. So what we watched at sleepovers would sometimes fluctuate because we did tend to watch whatever, like the latest comedy or rom com or whatever it was. But staples in that rotation were always now and then Interview with the Vampire, Newsies, and Disney's version of the Three Musketeers. Yeah. One of those was always included in whatever else we watched. And the Winona Ryder Little Women. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, that was that was where Jackie and I, I don't think everybody else tolerated that as well as the two of us did. But like, na- like now and then, I think, was literally at every sleepover. Literally. Like, that movie is still my, like, let me go put that on and feel very nostalgic. Even though it takes place in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's because we so glomped onto that movie Mm -hmm. that that's, like, one of my, like, nostalgic high school movies. Yeah. Speaking of, like, nostalgic and high school and stuff, because, ah, 
I, in movies, because I was about to be like, oh, and Clueless. Apparently, as if is a thing we're saying again. Oh, are we? Yes, we were at dinner with Panda's family last night, and Sonia said something, and her cousin, who's like 23, is just like, as if. And I'm like, hold on! <laughs> I am excited about as if coming back. I was like, is this a thing we're saying again? And her cousin was like, I don't know, I've just always said it. And I'm like, yes, yes, good. Good, good. good. Bring, it, so. bring it back, bring it back. That's that's one of those, you know, and, and also, whatever. 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 Oh, oh Miss Hallie's going to be so disappointed by the amount of whatever that's going to be used. I, I was just, I was it. just, I was just going to say something about Hallie <laughs> not being happy with us saying whatever and loser. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So speaking of anyway, movies, anyway. Phantasm. Yes. So it turns out Phantasm is a real movie, mm-hmm. unlike a weird Frenchie movie. Yes. Um, and it's actually the first movie of a very large franchise that includes five films, novels, comic books, and some other merchandise. Yeah. The original film was made in 1979, and the plot is... Very strange. <laughs> yeah, French French horror films were a little... Actually, any kind of foreign horror film back in the 70s were very weird. So it involves the tall man, who is this evil undertaker that sets out to turn the dead of planet Earth mm-hmm. um, into dwarf zombies. Yeah, no, not just not any zombies, not just any zombies, but dwarf <laughs> zombies. And then he ships them back to his planet to become slaves. It's it's a wild ride. I've I saw it. I saw it probably 20 years ago in the old um, we have like an, we, we had an old an old uh, movie theater at my college. And one of the guys who worked there was very into playing old, old movies and just weird shit. And Phantasm was one of those. I don't remember. I think I blacked out. <laughs> I think I blacked out halfway through or I was way too drunk to remember. But. I should really go back and watch that ridiculousness. And like, it definitely, definitely has a cult following today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, Willow says she thought they were all going to the Alpha Delt thing. What thing? The scary house? Buffy says it sounds kind of lame. Oz thinks it could be fun. You wind your way through their haunted maze to get to the party, which is worth getting to. Apparently they go all out, as witnessed last Friday. Willow grins and Xander seems a bit surprised. There's a party? They didn't tell him? It's fine, really. They got their college thing, and he has things to do. Better things than just tag along to some fraternity party. He can come. Okay. But only because he lied about having better things to do. (laughs) Laughs will be had by all. During this whole conversation, like we said, Buffy's just been playing with, like, the bowl of pumpkin guts, letting them slip through her fingers and fall back into the bowl. So it really, really bothered me when she just gets up and grabs her leather jacket without any indication that she has cleaned her hands. <laughs> With all the like, pumpkin guts. Yeah, we're just going to get pumpkin guts on the leather. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, one thing I, I one thing I love about this scene is it really, we don't get many scenes like this anymore with the gang just yeah. hanging out at, somebody's house just because they're in college and they're doing they're doing their thing but 
You know, I always loved the scenes, you know, especially when it was just Willow, Buffy and Xander, you know, just hanging out in the bedroom watching probably Bollywood, I think, was one of the things yes, that they did. The Bollywood one. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to be losing one of the members of the Scoobies very shortly. This is true. Not to, not to death for those people who have never. <laughs> we're going to get another cool member. Not not like replacing, but just no. another. Yes. Yes. Cool we do. Member. We do like we do like that member that's going. I love how we I love how we like, you know, are trying to. I don't know. Like we always be, they're like they're like there's no spoilers. They were like, well, we're going to try to just be like, yeah, this thing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So we all know Oz is going to leave. We're going to get Tara. It's going to switch things up a bit. But. We're, we're going to miss Oz when he goes. We are. We are. Because we love we love Oz. You know, he's 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 the cool dude. He's he's, you know, we like to yeah. think I like to think, you know, he's living his best life. Maybe like him and Jordy, you know, once Jordy gets a little older, you know, he's going to help Jordy out. Well, if we are to take what is being turned out now mm. as the new canon, um, in the new series that is about Willow's daughter, Jordy lives with Oz and oh, okay. goes to high school with Willow's daughter. And so, like, they all hang out and have a little, like, friend family group. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about I haven't kept up with much of the yeah the comics and books and oh, stuff. Is, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, the books, this is yeah. novel. Yeah, so. So, yes, he does. He is living his best life with Jordy. Yes. Yes. And we, you know, we also have, we also have Sam hanging around. Yes, that's right. They're all, it's going to be great. She says she's going to head out and Xander frowns now, but the night is okay. So maybe the night is a little mature, but still she says she's sleepy, but for the rest of them to have fun. Does Buffy want Willow to come with? Nah, she'll be okay. She leaves and the group talks about how sad she seems. How she didn't even touch her pumpkin. It's a freak with no face. Oz says she's still suffering a little post-Parker depression, which fucking Parker. A fucking Parker. Like, you know what? I know we talked about it at length last time, but just he made it seem like it was more. He did. His we're going like, to talk more about Parker next week, too. Yeah. We're not quite done with Parker yet. Oh, fucking Parker. And Xander asks if anyone else is feeling the urge to smack that guy. Yep. Yes. They all are. We and all they are. Should. Yes, we all are. On the mean streets of Sunnydale, Buffy walks alone. It's late enough that the place is more or less deserted, and so she just acts when a supposed demon jumps in front of her, punching it square in the face. Only not a demon. <laughs> It's someone in a mask, and they would like to know what the hell is wrong with her. Turns out, so would she. You know what? I I can't blame her for reacting like that. No, the, not at all. Like, take take out of the equation that Buffy is a vampire slayer, demon hunter type deal. You've got a girl late at night walking by herself, and all of a sudden, some weird dude jumps out at you. I would be freaked the fuck out, too. Exactly. So what I'm saying is dude deserved it. Definitely deserved it. Credits. Still awesome. From the credits, we go to UC Sunnydale, where Buffy and Willow are grabbing a bite to eat. Willow's saying that she's pretty much plateaued, magic-wise. Buffy asks what the next level would be, and she says transmutation. Bringing forth something out of nothing, it gets you pretty close to the primal forces. Kind of scary. Buffy reminds her that no one is pushing, and if she's not ready, don't do it. 
Willow is horrified. Don't do it. What kind of encouragement talk is that? (laughs) This is an encouragement talk. Buffy did not get the memo. She thought it was a share my pain thing. Willow's unsure. After all, what is college for if not experimentation? Maybe she is ready. She'll know when she's reached her limit. Oz comes up behind the pair guessing wine coolers? (laughs) Magic. Ah, she didn't encourage her, did she? Hey, where's supportive boyfriend guy? Oz says he's currently picking up her dry cleaning. (laughs) But he told him to tell her that he doesn't want her to get hurt. Willow tries to laugh that off with a, okay, Brutus. And when no one reacts, she tries to explain herself. Brutus? Caesar? Betrayal? Stabby, stabby? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. Oz gets the reference. He just doesn't agree. He's not going to hide the fact he worries about her. After all, he knows what it's like to have a power he can't control. Every time he starts to wolf out, he touches something deep, dark. It's not fun. So this line, this feeling of Oz's is extremely important because this is going to fuel everything moving forward. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to cause him to make the choices he does. And even beyond what we see on TV, Oz's need to understand to control that side of him will carry over into the comics that were produced directly following the show. Mm -hmm. Oz does tell her, however, that whatever she chooses, he has her back. See, Buffy says concerned boy is sweet boy. Willow knows. And she has to admit she does kind of like when he Oz worries. Across the way, Buffy sees Parker sitting with his friends. And just like that, her appetite is gone. (sighs) Saying she forgot to be hungry, she ditches her food and bails, which causes Willow to follow. She cannot let jerky Parker... Parker. Parker. Ruin everything for her. She's not. She just... She can't deal with it at the moment. In fact, she's taking a break. Retreating to the land of not coping. Willow tells her she'll feel better at the party. And hey, maybe she'll even meet someone. She doesn't want to meet someone. (laughs) She's reached her quota on someone. Besides, she's pretty sure she's going to have to patrol. But it's Halloween. Yeah, but still, she should probably check in with Giles. He doesn't really care about holidays. (laughs) Doesn't he, though? (laughs) But before we get to that, we have already established in world that the supernatural creatures don't like Halloween. Yeah. That it's the one night of the year they stay in. The only reason something happened in season two was because Ethan came to town and mucked everything up. And I love that we are going to reference that. Yes. Yep. But like, had Drew not foreseen his chaos, Spike would have never even been on the streets that night. So Buffy, and more importantly, Willow, already know she doesn't have to patrol. And yeah. I say more importantly, Willow, because we all know Buffy is just making excuses. Mm-hmm. But Willow, Willow could call her out on her bullshit right then and there. But she doesn't because she's a good friend. Yes. And if she did that, we would never get the next glorious scene. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which is Giles. In a sombrero, (laughs) yelling happy Halloween as he opens the door. Today, he would most likely be wearing a different costume. Yes. Seems slightly problematic. It's a little, it's a little appropriative. But still, the sentiment remains. Giles is very much in the holiday spirit. Oh, he is excited. As he has a giant bowl of candy and his apartment's all decorated. Buffy's confused. He hates Halloween. No, he never said any such thing. It was just, in the past, his watcher duties always took precedence, which meant he never had time to appreciate its charms. 
until now. He turns on a small hanging Frankenstein's monster, delighting when it lights up and moves. Buffy, however, is not so delighted. Was there something she needed? She was just thinking she should patrol, possibly the cemetery. Unless he has a better suggest staring at him, Buffy says he need- he needs to take the sombrero off. Yes. Apparently yes. she cannot take him seriously in it. And fair, Buffy. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Is there a specific danger she's sensing? No, but they were all caught off guard when Ethan turned everyone into their costumes. And again, that was an anomaly. Creatures of the night they shy away from Halloween find it crass. Giles assures her the likelihood of any supernatural activity tonight. It's low. Extremely so. Would she like a candy? (laughs) Over at the frat house, which some of you may also recognize as the murder house from American Horror Story. Yes. They are deep in party prep. One of the brothers walks down the hall and yes... He is Walter Emanuel Jones, a.k.a. Zach, from the original Power Rangers. Yep. He offers one of the uh, one of the brothers who is working on rigging up a skeleton a bag of plastic spiders. But those spiders, they're not going to cut it. Should he call Oz? He can probably hook them up. Definitely. Because if the girls aren't scared, they won't fall into their arms. They'll have womanless arms. And, as his brother would like him to know, Halloween is not about thrills and chills and silly costumes. Oh no, it's about getting laid. Is there a holiday that's not about getting laid? Arbor Day. Duh. (laughs) I like how Oz is the go-to. Like, we need, we're just gonna call Oz. Like, he ends up bringing over an amp, and that makes sense. Yeah. But you're not really talking about sound in this conversation. I, I think part of what it is, is Oz knows how to set up a party. That's probably what it is. I, is I, it- that's what I, that's how I take it to mean. Because he's he's the party guru. Like he's 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 in a band. And plus, we've already established that everybody knows Oz. This is true. We have established this. I like to think that like kind of like Joyce, Oz now has like a secret life where he's a party planner. And we can just let you know, like full moon party planning is available ironically every night except those around the full moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I would see. And the thing about that that would be great is when they find out. Like, if anybody ever finds out about his party planning business, he would just be like, you never asked, or... Exactly. He's not going to be embarrassed about it. He's just going to be like, yeah, okay. Nobody's yeah. never asked. Yeah, nobody... I've got layers. <laughs> but I digress. As he heads off, our Power Ranger turned frat bro shows his fellow frat bro a symbol in a book. He wanted something to paint on the floor, right? Something mystical? So the funny thing is, though the internal parts of the book are obviously fake and just lazily done. Yeah. With Gaelic actually being an article about a special bus route opening in Dublin. (laughs) I don't know. The outside of it is, in fact, a real book on the occult. Um, The Picture Museum of Sorcery, Magic, and Alchemy by Emile Griot de Givry. I don't know. It's French. I did the best I could. Um, It was originally published in 1929, but the version the show used was the 1963 edition. In Xander's basement, Xander prepares to head out. As he does, he runs into Anya, who really needs to get the knocking thing down. How did she... His Uncle Rory let her in. Does he always smell like peppermint? (laughs) The man likes his schnapps. What's she doing here? He hasn't called. Not once. Because she said she was over him. And he accepted that? (laughs) 
She only said it because she thought it was what he wanted to hear. Funny thing about him, he tends to hear the actual words people say and accept them at face value. That's stupid. (laughs) And he accepts that. He can't say seeing her falls into the realm of a bad thing. Really? She smiles. Because she thought the two of them might go out tonight to celebrate their anniversary. Anniversary? Sanders more than a little confused. Yes, it's been exactly one week since they copulated. Did he forget? No. No. Just he has plans with Buffy and Willow and Oz, you know, since it's Halloween. Anya doesn't understand. Well, every October 31st, mortals like to put on masks. She knows what Halloween is. (laughs) She was more questioning the others, why he continues to associate with them, even though they have little in common. What's that supposed to mean? (laughs) Well, they go to college. He doesn't. They don't live at home. He does. Sandra says that doesn't matter. The true bonds of friendship, they transcend. You know what? Can they change the subject? Sure. Don't get upset with her. Sandra tells her that if she wants, she can come with him to the party tonight. Like a date? Is that what this is? Are they dating? Sandra says there are definitely date-like qualities at work. She's going to need a costume. A costume? Yeah, something scary. Scary. Scary how? Anya. Xander looks at her. Ex-demon. Terrorized mankind for thousands of years. He is sure she will think of something. (laughs) Back on campus, Buffy stops by the psych classroom, asking Professor Walsh for the day's assignments and explaining that she could not make it to class due to personal reasons. Aren't Oz and Willow in that class? Like, just ask them. Especially if this is the only class you've missed so far. Yeah. Looking her over, Professor Walsh says she seems to have all her limbs and her head. So she assumes whatever this personal issue was, it wasn't life-threatening. Therefore, she is totally and completely uninterested. But if Buffy misses another class, she's out. So I did take a peek at the UCLA website, since Mm -hmm. that is the model for UC Sunnydale. And a student can be dropped from the class for excessive absences, but... Is, is too really excessive? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, the thing is with college that colleges are very lenient for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like in a lot of cases, as long as you get the work done, like, and I yep. think we, I think we talked about this back at the beginning of the season. Most of the professors, at least that I've ever met, don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. Again, Get your work in and that, you know, and they don't care. Yeah. Like I think some classes, it was like, if you had three unexcused absences, you dropped like half a letter grade. Yeah. But I know I just stopped showing up for some of my classes because yay at the time on diagnosed anxiety. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. And I showed up only for tests and like not a single person cared. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, there was there was a point where there was a point where the only class that I was going to actively was one where I had somebody else of my friend was in that class with me and we walked together. Yeah, Flieger's classes were pretty much the only ones I showed up for. At yeah. The end. yeah. I mean, I know Professor Walsh is not going to chill, but I need her to chill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she is going to be the opposite of chill. We're going to find out in a little bit, but she really does need to chill. She leaves and Riley assures Buffy that she means it. Buffy knows she kind of got the impression Professor Walsh wasn't just saying that to make her laugh. Riley says he's noticed it too. The downfall her work has taken. He can't remember the last time he saw her hand up. 
Things can get pretty intense during freshman year, or so he dimly recalls. Is it too much fun or not enough? Both. Well, she just needs to keep her priorities. Professor Walsh is worth it. He hands her the assignment, and she says she'll get to work on it that night. Wait, that night? It's Halloween. (laughs) She's not going to dress up and go out partying? Eh, she has a lot of work to do. Riley says he may be stepping out of line, and it's probably none of his business. But Buffy seems like the kind of person who makes things hard on herself. Halloween isn't a night for responsibility. It's when the ghosts and goblins come out. I know we all think Riley's kind of blah, but right there, that needs to be on a sign. Yeah. Halloween is not a night for responsibility. I do. You know what? Like, yeah, he he is. He is very bland. And he's very bland in that 90s blonde boy band bland kind of way. Yes. But. As far as I mean, and again, we're, we're ignoring what we know about Riley going ahead, you know, like we're ignoring yeah, if, we're just, if we're just taking him at face value in this scene. Yeah. Like and for what we know about him already, like he really does seem like the chill kind of guy that. Yeah. You know, he's he he's very inoffensive. He is. You like you can bring him home to your mother. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. He's you know, a, and, he's a and parent friendly boyfriend. He's he's the type of he will he will flirt in that fun way with your mom. You know, he will compliment her hair. And, you know, he's he's that nice boy. Again, we've not no, not ignoring what we know. I mean, yeah, he's he's a very inoffensive just. And I, you know, like, yeah, I like like I did like Riley for a while, but because he's just. He seems like a normal dude, which unfortunately for Buffy, she can never just meet a normal dude. Nope. Buffy corrects him, clearly without thinking, and says, that's actually a misnomer. (laughs) Well, no, it's not. It's a misconception. (laughs) But she tried. She tried. She did. We give, I mean, we give Buffy, give Buffy credit. He didn't mean real ones. But hey, there's some good scary fun to be had on campus. Really? What's he doing? He's going to sit and grade papers. Scary. Very. (laughs) Buffy thanks him for the pep talk and he tells her not to make fun. He worked long and hard to get this pompous. (laughs) Buffy wasn't joking though. Her, her, why do I have apology? It's not an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, self. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, past Mary. (laughs) Right? Her gratitude was sincere, and Riley tells her she's welcome as he watches her leave. Ooh, he likes her. Oh, you like her. He thinks she's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the not-quite-murder house, Oz and Xander arrive with an amp. I mean, it's going to be a murder house pretty shortly. It's going to be a murder house very shortly, but right now it's a not-quite-murder house. Yeah. The brothers thank them, warning them not to step on the design as the paint is still wet. As Oz starts hooking up things, Xander notices the design on the floor. What's that mean? No clue. They got it out of a book. Had all (laughs) sorts of... Xander is now distracted by the grapes as they are in a bowl on a table and peeled. Wow. They really know how to spoil their guests. One of the brothers explains that they're supposed to be eyeballs. You bring the girls over, blindfold them, and have them plunge their hands in. They love it. Huh. And here Xander was wasting all this time buying the flowers and complimenting their shoes. So they wind all the way through the house of horrors and end up here. Not bad. They got a pretty good thing going. 
One of the brothers tells him he should think about pledging, but Oz interjects saying Xander is a civilian, which is an interesting choice of words given the running military motif when it comes to Xander and the fact we're going to soon be seeing the initiative. Mm-hmm. A townie? Frappers are surprised. He looks so normal. <laughs> are they sure they should let him come to the party? Hey, standing right there. <laughs> Oz turns on the sound and joins Xander, but he seems to be staring off a bit. Sensing a disturbance in the Force Master? Yes! We love it! We love we love to Star see Wars it. reference. Yes, always. But, but, now, now, now we've talked about this for a second. Because, does this mean Xander is Anakin and Oz is Obi-Wan? Or is Xander Obi-Wan and Oz is Qui-Gon? Um, because like Luke never really referred to anyone as master. No, no, I'm, I'm him out of the equation. Yeah. Honestly, though, I, if we're going, if we're going by these two, I am pretty sure it is going to be Luke and Yoda. I know Luke never called anybody master. Okay. But just, and also Phantom Menace really wasn't out for that long i think by this point uh hold on hold on hold on time has no meaning so uh it would have been a couple of months because may 19 1999 so phantom menace would have just come out which is why that would be most fresh in xander's mind yeah yeah but see i'm also thinking like i'm also thinking of the fact that but xander probably also watches star wars all the time that's that's where that's where i'm going like like, as much as I loved Phantom Menace and, you know, I loved, like, everything about Ewan McGregor and Qui-Gon, at that point, the original trilogy were just so ingrained yeah, that it would be, that I, I think it would just be Yoda and... And also, like, I like the idea because Oz is so tiny. Oh, there we go! They're all oh, there And we go. Xander is so tall. And especially because Oz is, like crouched down worrying a little bit right now okay okay I'll, i will i will allow it i can okay. see it i can see it i like it yeah Oz says the speaker is crackling a bit we're a goes, buffy podcast <laughs> we're like at this point we're just a 90s we're, yeah we're a 90s we're not buffy is our like centering point we're a 90s we're a 90s pop culture podcast that is just Buffy is our vehicle to talk yes. about. Yes. <laughs> it, gives us, it gives us an excuse. <laughs> Who doesn't love the 90s? I know. It's a great time. I know. Deep in the 90s nostalgia lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's see. This leads to Oz cutting himself and accidentally bleeding onto the symbol. Great. No one seems to notice the ripple or the fact a spider appears crawling across oh. the attic floor. Super great. At the Summer's house, Joyce is helping Buffy with her costume, actually taking a former costume of Buffy's, or at least the cape part, and adjusting it so she can still wear it. An act that causes her to have, as Buffy calls it, a nostalgic face. Joyce says she just remembers the little girl who first wore that costume. And how her father used to love taking her out on Halloween night. Buffy says he was obnoxious. (laughs) 12 years old and he still wouldn't let her go out alone. He just wanted to keep her safe. He wanted the candy. Buffy was just his beard. No, that's not true. The candy was for Joyce. (laughs) He just loved spending time with her. Not enough. Joyce gently says her name and Buffy admits she just kind of paved right over memory lane. The divorce had nothing to do with her. Buffy's not so sure as she is kind of sensing a pattern. Open your heart to someone and he bails on you. 
easier to not let someone in. Joyce gets it. After all, she's not exactly the social butterfly she was when she was with Buffy's dad. The first year they moved to Sunnydale, she didn't make a single friend. Why? She didn't feel like she could trust anyone. It's taken time and effort, but she's got a nice circle of friends now. Don't get it wrong. She's a little gun shy since, you know, her last boyfriend turned out to be a homicidal robot. Great callback. But she will always be there for Buffy. And Buffy's got Mr. Giles and her friends. There's nothing to be afraid of. So Buffy's fear here kind of echoes her fear in nightmares, which I like. Mm -hmm. I like that we've tied these two episodes about fear together, at least through Buffy. We're going to see vastly different things with the other members, mostly Lo and Xander, because Oz wasn't really around then. Mm -hmm. But Buffy, her fear was that her father left because of her. Like that yep. was that was her greatest fear was that her parents' divorce was because of her. And though she she does logically know that's not true, and we saw at the end of the episode, her dad came for her. Yep. She spent yep. time with him in LA since. What happened with Angelus? What happened with Angel? What happened with Parker is just mm-hmm. compounding that fear. Exactly. And so now she's at the point where she's like, well, what is it about me that makes every person I love, mostly male. Men, men, yeah. yeah. Who make men leave me. Hey, Buffy, it's men. It is the men. It is the men. Like, that's your that's your answer, men. Honey, it, honey, like, it's the men. Campus is pretty much what one would expect, a.k.a. total chaos. <laughs> Trees are getting TP'd. Everyone's in costume. Some people have silly string. Basically, everyone is running amok. In her dorm room, Willow talks to Oz as she finishes adjusting her costume, telling him that she'll meet him at his place and that they need to make sure Buffy has fun. Also, if Parker comes, they'll beat him up. Hanging out, she heads out, passing several other students in the hall, including a lobster arguing with a gift. (laughs) I love how how the order of the night is, we need to make sure... Buffy has fun. That's right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No one nobody has fun. fun. Nobody. Nobody. It was not the fun they were promised. And I love the gifts makeup. It's so cute. Yeah. This kind of reminds me like the ridiculousness of those costumes kind of remind me of the fact that a girl in my elementary school was a outhouse one year. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was back in the time. It was back like I don't know how how your your elementary schools did it, but we like went home for half the like halfway through the day. We went home and came back in costume. So something like that, you wouldn't know. Like nobody knew who it was. So I'm trying to remember. We did not go home. I know that. I don't remember if it was you put your costume in your backpack mm-hmm. and we changed right before the parade slash yeah, party. Yeah. Or if we just got to wear our costumes all day. Yeah. Some kids like I know some kids had their costumes and they, they stayed there because they didn't have anybody to bring them home. But yeah, I remember because nobody knew. Everybody was trying to like look around the room and figure out who was the outhouse. And I knew because she was my best friend at the time and she was so excited about this costume like it had like where where you would have like the the moon with the owl like she had an owl sitting on top of it it was the best costume ever at the soon-to-be murder house things are in full swing everyone up in the attic having a good time some wearing slightly problematic costumes 
again, it was the 90s. Run Frat Bro takes the girl to a table, having her plunge her hand <laughs> into several bowls, including the one of grapes that is supposed to be eyeballs. Only now they are actually eyeballs. Gross Ugh. and kind of bloody and sinewy. Ew. She screams and we go to Buffy outside and waiting. As she waits, Xander comes up behind her, asking what she has in the basket. Weapons. You know, just in case. She compliments his tux and he tells her he's bombed. James Bond. Also just in case. <laughs> but less demon attacky and more if they get turned into their costumes again. He figures this time he'll be cool secret agent guy. Buffy hates to tell him that he would probably end up as cool head waiter guy. As long as he's cool and has power. And Buffy Buffy. looks so cute in... She looks so cute. Yeah. And I love love the fact that she brought... That she put the weapons in the basket. That was... Yes. I mean, good use of... Good use of the... Yeah. I I was... I was... um, I was Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz one year. And I had like a nice basket. And that was basically my purse for the evening. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bag or a basket as part of your costume, utilize it. Yes. They spot Willow and Oz and join them, Buffy remarking on Willow's medieval look. She's Joan of Arc. She figured they have a lot in common, seeing as how Willow was almost burned at the stake and how Joan had that deep and personal relationship with God. Buffy and Xander are a bit confused, right until Oz reveals that his costume is God. Of course. Moving to begin walking again, Xander laments having not thought of that before putting down his deposit. He could be God. (laughs) Blasphemer. Okay, before we go on, two things. One, there was nothing wrong with your costume last time, Xander. Turned out to be very useful, both then and now. Yes, yes. No, it was was definitely a lot better than what Buffy had going on, being a damsel in distress. Better than Willow, who was invisible and dead, really. Dead. 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 Yeah. Non-corporeal. She non-corporeal. Was she was yeah. non-corporeal. Yeah. Better than all the poor children who were running oh, around. I can't. I, every time I think about that, I just, oh. So, and at least, and, and it gave him knowledge that he still has. Okay. So the second thing is, would we, by today's standards, consider Willow's costume problematic? Because I found myself thinking about this while <sighs> typing out my notes. Because... One, she is dressed as a real person because Joan of Arc was mm-hmm. a real historical figure. Yeah. But that's 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 not where the problematic part is. But she is a real person who became an important religious figure that is part of a religion that Willow is not a part of. Yeah, I think it is. The, but the thing is, it's more when you get into the appropriation so giles's costume is definitely off limits oh yeah no giles' costume is definitely off limits the girl in the sexy native american costume you see running around the attic is definitely off limits Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's more i'm not so worried about because you have people who go as the greek gods every year yeah with with joan of arc it's a little bit more of a gray area especially especially for somebody like willow who she didn't sexy it up. No, she did not. You know, she it's is, along the same lines. Already. It's along the same lines of when Willow did the full Inuit costume for the culture's dance back in Inca Mummy Girl. You know, she has respect for the costume. So and it's also it, it, it's it's again, it's more of a gray area. And oh, it also, is. you know, 
That's why I was like, I'm genuinely curious. I'm like, yeah, I think I have a problem with Willow wearing that. I, I don't think because especially because it is like white cultures have let like the only thing would be is really if she again, if she didn't have respect for it. That's fair. You know, when you get when you get the sexy geishas, you get the sexy gypsies, you get, yeah, you know, like whenever if she was being a sexy nun, it would be a totally yeah, different. Idea. Yeah. But this is her who, again, she is a very conscious person about history. Mm-hmm. And again, she is ready to go into battle. She is doing the battle ready. And also, like she said, she was almost burned at the stake for being a witch, too. Yeah. Except, you know, and be, you know, she might not be Catholic, but again, like it's just, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a little more acceptable than a lot of the other yeah. costumes you would see. They get closer to the house, and Xander mentions he invited Anya. Turns out she was having an issue finding a scary costume, so she's just going to meet them there. Great, everyone has date. Everyone except third wheel Buffy. Willow assures her she is not a third wheel. And Xander agrees, because technically she's a fifth wheel. (laughs) Not helping Xander. (laughs) Hitting Xander, Willow moves to walk beside Buffy, linking her arm through hers. They are going to have the best time. Are they, though? Thing of note, as they're trekking to the house, three soldiers come out of the bushes, looking like they're on some kind of patrol. Buffy comments on their outfits, very stealthy, and Oz surmises they're dressed as NATO. (laughs) But yeah, I, I love it. I, I do love the fact that this is the one day of the year where the initiative can just run around and nobody's going to think anything of it. Exactly. The party where not a single soul is having fun. No. In fact, everyone is attempting to flee in terror, but none of that is apparent on the outside. Outside, the group arrives at a very calm, very quiet house. They've reached the door, and Oz tells them to let the horror begin. Only they knew. Oh. They step inside, and there's no one about. No sign of the dozens of people that tried to flee, or the front row that apparently fell down the steps. Xander asks where everyone is, and Oz tells them to follow the sign. Buffy says, where she Abbott or Costello? She'd find this place very spooky. I love that we get another reference to Abbott and Costello, Mm -hmm. especially given the duo's love of the classic monsters. They head down the hall, Willow walking into a cobweb. She jumps a bit and says, okay, that part was very realistic. For all they know, it may be. As Oz says, frat boys, not big on the cleaning. The skeleton from earlier comes flying out of its hidey hole just (laughs) then, and Xander jumps a bit. Not because he was scared. Oh, no. Because he was in the spirit. And they will back him up on that. Willow (laughs) promises. Even if questioned separately. Speaking of Willow, she has a big old tarantula climbing across her shoulder. Oh, oh no. Screaming, she attempts to get it off and Oz helps. Funny thing is, they don't see it on the floor or anywhere around. Willow declares that is not sanitary. (laughs) And Buffy suggests they just get to the party part of this party. Continuing along, they come to a spot on the carpet. Buffy bends down to investigate and discovers it's blood. Real blood. Right. Official creeps have been given. Bravo, frat boys. As Xander sarcastically congratulates them, Buffy keys into a sound. A sort of squeaking noise. Xander says it may be his shoes. But no, Willow hears it too. It's like they look up to see bats. 
The bats take off and they duck. Oz goes to see one that just fell to the ground and Willow tells him not to, as it could be dangerous. It's not. It's rubber. Just a toy. Okay, what the hell is going on? Buffy is not about it. That's when they hear it, the voice echoing through the halls. Release me. By this time, Anya's arrived, dressed as a bunny. (laughs) But as she approaches the house, she realizes there's no door. No way in. Frowning, she knocks on the blank wall. Hello? Still nothing. And so she steps back and sees a girl in the upstairs window screaming. Right before the house bricks the window over. Something is going on and Xander is in trouble. Buffy and Co. are also noticing the lack of a door. And stairs. This was the way they came in, right? Oz takes a moment to disconnect the speaker, cutting the sound effects and giving them at least half a moment to think. Buffy thanks the Lord and Oz tells her, you're welcome. (laughs) Willow thinks they should get out of there. And Buffy comments that she was, oh, so insistent she come. Willow's serious. They don't know what they're dealing with. It's then that they hear another noise. Something Xander comments on first. And then Buffy comments on as if she didn't hear him. It's like a kind of hissing. They approach one of the closets and pull it open to find one of the guys from the attic. He's crying and rocking and saying he didn't know. He didn't know. Know what? What happened? It's alive. And that's when we see it. The silly skeleton from earlier, now all gross and crypt keeper-like, holding an actual knife. Oh boy. Oof. Buffy asks the boy in the closet what's alive, but he can't answer. Sanders says he's in shock just about the time said skeleton attacks Buffy. She whirls about, kicking him, and he falls to the fl- and as he falls to the floor, he turns plastic once more. Immediately, everyone rushes to make sure she's okay. And though she's bleeding a tiny bit, her cape did take most of the damage. Frapro retreats back to his closet, and Oz thinks hiding away may not be such a bad idea anymore. Hiding away where? Because the closet, like the door, is now gone. Going to grab her basket of weapons, Buffy tells the others to go. Get out. She's going to make her way upstairs and see if there are others still trapped in the house, which, given the screams, she guesses there are. (laughs) Willow can't believe it. She's telling them to run. No. She's telling them to go get help to find the only person who can make sense of all this. Giles, who is still at home, still in his costume. Still living his best Halloween life. And waiting for (laughs) trick-or-treaters. Mostly, he's just eating the candy. A knock sounds at the door, and though it takes him a moment, he quickly realizes that's his cue. With another happy Halloween, he (laughs) opens the door to find Anya, who barges in telling him that Xander's in trouble and he needs to do something. (laughs) Anya? Is he listening? Xander's in trouble. He's trapped, and they need to save him. Where are Buffy and the others? Oh yeah, they're trapped too. But they need to save Xander. (laughs) Giles is going to need her to slow down and explain what's going on. Right, okay. Well, they were supposed to go to this house, but when she went to meet them, there was no door where a door should be. And then she saw a girl screaming in the window, but then poof, gone. The girl vanished from the window? No, the window vanished from the house. It sounds like some sort of reality disorder. A common temporal flux associated with summoning spells. Huh? Giles goes to his shelf to get some books telling Anya not to worry. Xander will be fine. He's among friends friends who are fighting because Buffy's trying to tell Willow something and Willow, she is not having it because who is Buffy to tell her what to do? Buffy flat out tells Willow that she cannot do her job if she is worrying about her safety. Willow doesn't think that's Buffy's decision, isn't it? Because Buffy's going to have to disagree with Willow. Xander tries to break up the fight, but no one is listening or so it seems. 
Willow continuing on telling Buffy that being the Slayer, it doesn't automatically make her the boss. Oz also takes a stab at defusing. What are they talking about? Willow says it's a simple guidance spell. Something meant to help travelers who are lost. And how does it work? Well, she would conjure an emissary from the beyond. Someone to help light their way. Emissary. Conjuring. Buffy's not sure about this. Willow's basic spells are only 50-50. Yeah, well, so's her face. (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? Willow says she's not Buffy's sidekick. She takes off down the hall and Oz follows. Which leaves Buffy alone with Xander. Xander, who tries to calm Buffy down, telling her that they're all tired, scared, that Willow didn't mean that. And yeah, there's some tension, but maybe it's because she's been pushing away girl lately. And he just wants to let her know that whatever is going on, he's there. Only Buffy doesn't hear any of it or even see him. Because as Xander's talking, Buffy starts looking around calling his name. At first, he thinks it's a joke, but the longer it goes on, he quickly realizes that no, she really can't see him. She takes off down the hall with Xander calling after her. Of course, this puts her enough ahead of Xander that he is now wandering the halls alone. In another part of the house, Willow is still going off, talking about how Buffy doesn't believe in her, doesn't think she's a strong enough witch to do anything, but she can, she knows she can. Oz is listening, as he does, but he's also noticing the windows are gone, because this floor, it Definitely used to have windows. But on the plus side, they found the stairs. Buffy didn't find stairs. Oz says he doesn't think either one of them are thinking clearly. Right before he's hit with a pang and his hands begin to change. As he follows Willow up the stairs and down the hall, he slowly begins to transform more and more until he's forced to stop telling Willow that something is happening. Something good? Hmm. She turns to face him and is immediately frowning. Oh no, not good. She doesn't understand though. There's no moon. How can this be happening? Oz says he needs to go. And Willow says, no, they can restrain him, tie him up. There's no time. But she can do the guiding spell, get them out. And then Oz growls, swiping swiping at her. It scratches her hand and Oz bolts, all while Willow pleads with him not to leave her. Finding a mirror, Xander assures himself that he is at least still visible to him. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just everyone else that can't see him. Super. Except, of course, for the severed head on the table behind him. He tells Xander he can see him (laughs) as blood pours from his eyes. Oz, on the other hand, has found a bathroom and is seated in a tub, trying to calm himself down, telling himself over and over that he's not going to change. Buffy roams empty halls, preparing to take on whatever might jump out at her. And Willow sits in what I think is supposed to be a seance room. Very appropriate, though it looks like normally this is the game room. Yeah. And attempts her guidance spell. It works, and soon a small firefly-looking thing appears. Willow is delighted, greeting it with a, hey, and a, I made you. It hovers, and Willow realizes that it's waiting instructions. Lead her to Oz. It starts out of the room, and she hops off the table, only... Wait, shouldn't she try to find the people trapped upstairs? And they still need to find a way out. As she works through this, her light multiplies and multiplies to the point where when she turns back, there's a dozen or so of them all hovering around her face. She tries to tell them to stop, but it's a no-go. They just keep multiplying, swarming, and when she calls for help, they fly in her mouth. Eventually, she flees the room, the swarm of light trailing behind. In another hall, Buffy hears calls for help, calls that sound almost exactly like Willow. She follows them and forces herself through a door only to fall all the way to the basement, which is set up like a graveyard. As the door, now high above, starts to creak shut, Buffy realizes where she is and that she's alone. Except she's not. 
The bro who fell down the stairs is there, reiterating her words about everybody leaving her and telling her she's not alone. After all, he's there. (laughs) And so are the zombies. Because right as he tells her she's not alone, hands shoot up from the ground and grab at her. No, thank you. Nope, nope, nope. The zombies fight their way up from the ground, advancing on her as Giles and Anya work on finding a way in. Giles running his hand along the house, feeling out its energy. Well, looks like they're going to have to create a door. Create a door. He can do that. Going to his bag and pulling out a chainsaw. (laughs) Giles says, yes, he can. Yes. Giles with the chainsaw. Oh. This is this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, you know what? Anytime that Giles gets to use heavy equipment and do something amazing is that that's a good that's a good day. Buffy continues to struggle against the zombies, all while the frapper tells her it's pointless. Why does she even bother? Eventually she's able to break free and so slides through another door that takes her to the attic. Well then, noticing she's on the top floor, she looks around. Party goers are huddled throughout the room, shaking and murmuring to themselves. She first notices Oz right before Willow comes in, screaming to get them off her. But the lights, they're gone, just as Oz is once again fully human. Buffy and Oz go to Willow, and the three of them decide they need to get out. Now! From another part of the room, Xander says he would offer his advice, but it's not like they can hear him or even <laughs> care. What does a no college guy have to offer? He might as well just hang out with his new best friend, bleeding dummy head. <laughs> Going over to him, Buffy asks, what is wrong with him? <laughs> she can see him. She can see him. Oz says the house separated them, played on their fears. But they're okay now, right? Willow is hopeful. They got away? No. Buffy says the house led them there. To the attic. But why? Well, probably because of the symbol on the floor. (laughs) Xander says he saw them copying it, that they got it from there. Grabs the book and Willow takes it looking over pages. She thinks it might be Gaelic. Can she translate? As Willow looks over the book some more, the weird noises start again. Buffy thinks that's a sign that Willow needs to hurry up. Willow says the symbol is called the Mark of Gaknar and that it's used in a summoning spell for, you guessed it, Gaknar. It looks like they triggered the beginning of the spell, and now Gaknar is trying to come through by feeding on their fears. They need to stop to calm down. Okay, Xander says maybe if they close their eyes and tell themselves it's just a dream, it will stab them in the back. Yeah, okay, they need to get everyone out of there. They try to find a door that will open, try to ignore Gaknar's cries, and then here comes Giles, still (laughs) building the chainsaw. And looking quite sexy doing so. Oh my god. He needs to do this more often. Maybe we should get him some trees and stuff that he can cut down. Xander points out that Giles has a chainsaw. (laughs) Right? As Anya appears behind him, going to Xander and hugging him, relieved that he's okay. Willow shows Giles the book, what they're dealing with. And of course, Gaknar. It makes perfect sense. Gaknar has infected the reality of the house. Whatever happens, they cannot let Gaknar come through. But if he does... Buffy can fight him, right? Giles shows Buffy a picture of Gaknar, a rather nasty looking guy. And Buffy says, yeah, no, she does not want to fight him. (laughs) So how do they get rid of him? Well, there are two ways. Destroying the mark of Gaknar. That's all Buffy needs to hear. And she goes over (laughs) the hole through the middle. Is not one of the ways. (laughs) To destroy the mark brings the fear demon through immediately. Oh... What follows is a lot of hoopla, roaring and lights and shaking floorboards, only for a demon about the size of a mouse to appear. That's him. Feels a bit like big overture, little show. Not really getting that he is 
striking fear into the hearts of no one, <laughs> Gaknor declares himself the Lord of Darkness, the Master of Nightmares. All while Buffy tries to laugh, and Xander taunts him. Who is a little fear? And he sounds so squeaky. He's like, yeah. You could like put him in a cage and just keep him as a pet, right? When Giles tells him not to do that, Xander is momentarily worried. Can he hurt him? No, it's just tacky. <laughs> Giles then tells Buffy that when it comes to slaying, size doesn't matter. Buffy turns her attention back to the demon, and he tells her that all her friends, they're going to abandon her. Yeah, yeah. She stomps on him, and we go to Giles' apartment, where the gang is now picking out on candy. Oz comments on the high quality of Giles' stash, and he tells them to please finish it. Buffy says this is much better than the whole party thing. There is no problem that cannot be solved by chocolate. Lily says she thinks she may barf, and Buffy relents. Except that. Sitting with Anya, Xander can't help but be mystified by her costume. That's what she considers scary. (laughs) But he's frightened her. From where he's been studying the book the frat boys had, Giles groans. Buffy asks him what, and Giles says apparently he should have paid more attention to the inscription beneath the picture. As it reads, actual size. (laughs) The end. Oh, yay. Yeah, no, it's a fun episode, but again, it, it seems like a lot of buildup, and then the part in the house is just very fast and very rushed. Yeah, yeah, it, it again, always feels like it was a lot longer than it was. Yeah. <sighs> Do I have anything else to say? I mean, I think I think it is interesting, the, the fears displayed in this episode, and especially that this episode is taking place in their college years and in their first year of college, because a lot of these fears do deal with that transition mm-hmm. into adulthood. Yeah, like, you spend so much of your time as a, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, and especially when you have a core group of friends. Yeah. You're, you start to worry. Yeah, because you have Willow, who, you know, is worrying that she's going to be overwhelmed by the magic, that she's not powerful enough, which also could read as, you know, thinking you're not smart enough or good enough. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you're not as capable as you thought you were. And she she was always so used to everything coming very easily to her. Exactly. So this is one of the first times where she actually has to work. Yeah. To be able to do it, especially because with the magic, something goes wrong and somebody gets hurt. And Oz, you know, is afraid of those parts of him that he hasn't tapped into yet or the parts of him that aren't so pleasant. And I mean, that makes sense because, again, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to hurt someone. And Xander's afraid that he doesn't have anything to contribute, that he's going to remain unseen, unheard, and and not just in his friends, in life. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a great... It is a great episode to put mm-hmm. in this season. And again, it's it's another great way of dealing with real world anxieties. Yeah. Because that's one thing that we talked about for so long with this show is dealing with real things that you go through in life. It's just it has a supernatural element that's added to it. Exactly. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure you join us next time when we take on season four, episode five, Beer Bad. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!